0: Hey everyone, it's Andrea. Today, we review the one and only TNG Clip Show. We science the shit out of it. And we ask the question, can someone please write a better fanfic of this episode? Stay with us.
1: Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. I'm your co-host, Andrea. Sharice I can't even tell you how effing
0: excited I am that we have gotten to the end of season two. This is the season two finale, season two, episode 22, Shades of Grey. Unfortunately, the episode is garbage, but but we're about to jump into season three, which by many has been widely regarded as the best season of TNG, but I could debate that for a
1: long time. So anyway. Yeah. And I would have to say so far, they're being consistent, right? Because our season finale for season one was also garbage. That's but true. I think I mean, that's not I think I know that is going to change for our season finale for season three (laughs) and four and like, we're going to make a nice turn for the better. The the season three finale is, I think, one of the best. I think that one's the best finale. It's the best. The last finale of the series, of course. Oh, see, I didn't like that finale. It just made me sad. I don't, but if it's, it's I like it, it's it's just sad. Like you don't want to watch it again. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yes. If it's a show that I really love like TNG or like the office or something or golden girls, I never watch the finale because in my mind, I want the story to continue. I just want everybody to be sailing off into the next planet together and status quo. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, that's not what we have here. What we have is a steaming pile of crap. They basically gave us chicken shit and told us it was chicken salad. Okay. And it was chicken shit. It, it sucked. It was written by Maurice Hurley in his last episode before leaving TNG. It was directed by Rob Bowman. Now, Maurice Hurley left um, after this season. So he basically like just wrote a really loose skeleton of a script and then handed it off to Richard Manning and Hans Beemler to do all the rewrites. He's like, whatever, I'm out of here. He, he himself called this episode and I quote a piece of shit and terrible, just terrible.
1: (laughs) So you gotta love this guy's like objectivity because every time he writes (laughs) an episode, that's not good. He's like, yeah, this sucked. Like, he's very clear about when it's quality and when it's not. So I appreciate that. No delusions going on with this guy.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, So I got to love Maurice Hurley for that. Um, And when he leaves, the show gets exponentially better. So I feel like you knew your work was crap, but you also were like, "Eh,
1: I'm getting paid. So whatever. So I think he helped the show. That may be a coincidence because they did have a lot of writer turnover. That's true. That's true. But anywho. (laughs) Let's get into this so we can get out of this.
0: Yes. All right. So during a geological survey on Serata 4, Commander Riker is struck by a thorn growing on a vine. The away team immediately beams him back to the Enterprise where Dr. Pulaski finds that the thorn has released a deadly virus into Riker's body. Within a matter of hours, the virus will reach Riker's brain, killing him. To try to save Riker's life, Pulaski puts him into a machine that will artificially stimulate his brain neurons, keeping them active and resisting the virus. This causes Riker to dream of his past adventures aboard the Enterprise. I mean, can we just end here? That's basically
1: what happens.
0: <laughs> that's basically that it. is basically
1: what happens. I, and I and you've you've mentioned this before offline that the reason why this episode is just a clip show, why we just see a bunch of clips from season one and season two involving Riker is because the show ran out of money by the time they got to the end of the season because they had produced two really incredible episodes during season two that kind of ate up their budget. Mm -hmm. But I have to say they still were able to do some stuff, even with their skeleton budget. I mean, they'd still had the alien planet, which I actually thought was the holodeck when they first opened up because that's the same scene from episode one um, in season one. like where it's just like that jungly with the river. Like that's where Riker met data. Yes. Yes. I thought it was like,
0: I thought it was like where Worf does his calisthenics level two or whatever. I thought
1: that that's totally what it was. Right. It looks very much like the holodeck. Mm -hmm. So they did actually build a brand new set. They could have just had this entire show on the ship, but because they needed to somehow infect Riker. So we could do clips of Riker. They had to put him on another planet. So they put something together that I thought actually looked legit. Like it looked like it would have been in another episode, like a full episode of something. So there is that. And so the scene opens and we see Riker just moping. He's just sitting and just moping in what I thought was the holodeck. And I was kind of like, uh, why are they wearing their uniforms in the holodeck (laughs) again? again, And Jordy comes along and you're like, oh, they're on an away mission. And Riker is pouting because he got hurt by something. This is fast forwarding a little bit, but when Jordy scans it and is like, oh gosh, I don't know, you know, we need to take him back to the ship. And then O'Brien's like, we can't, the biofilters cannot eliminate whatever it is from his body. Mm-hmm. So we we don't mm-hmm. want to, I don't want to transport him and maybe it's contagious and it gets all over the ship. I don't know. And so then. Pulaski's like, let me go check it out. So she goes and scans it for like three seconds. And then it's like, yeah, let's just beam him on board. I was like, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Didn't we just say we don't want to beam him because it could be contagious. And did your scan tell you it's not contagious? How did your scan tell yes. you that? If I, this is a foreign entity and you don't know how it works. I did have some issues
0: with the beginning. Um, in my notes, I wrote, what the fuck is this beginning? I had to actually look on my Netflix and try to like buffer backwards because I thought it made, you know, like Netflix sometimes like starts where you left off, like in the middle yeah. of an episode. Yeah. <clears throat> and it wasn't, it was the beginning. It was like we popped it in like the middle of a sentence. Jordy yeah. pops out of some shrubbery and goes, there you are. And Riker is sitting on a log, pouting like he was just picked last for kickball. I was like, mm-hmm. what? What's happening? So he, yeah, he got scratched up by some plant. Jordy hails the enterprise to beam back up. And yes.
1: But at this point, we don't know, we don't know what caused yes. the injury or why, so it's kind of a mystery, mm.
0: yes, yes. And I love that, uh, Jordy sort of set the scene for us as viewers when Riker was like, I'm fine, it's fine, like it's just a scratch. And Jordy says, It's our first time surveying this planet, we're the first people on this planet, maybe ever. We don't know what is out here, and then that for us as the audience is like, Ah, okay, all right, now we know they're not in the holodeck, they're not in the, mm-hmm. they're not, they're not what they're not doing something else. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and you're right. Pulaski just goes like, okay, let's just bring him aboard. And I thought, damn number one, that makes me want to tricorder even more than I right? already wanted one. Cause I'm like, if you can yes. detect all this stuff in like a two second scan,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> that, yeah, that's maybe amazing. we don't,
1: maybe we don't need the sizzle sound every time STDs are passed. Maybe we just need tricorders <laughs> to be like, do, 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 do. Uh-oh. And then we just need a hypo spray, and we're good. Super good. I mean, <laughs> so many possibilities with that technology. Yes. Between, I digress. I feel,
0: I feel like between, oh no, let's get, there's nothing else in this episode. This is basically it. Between the tricorder and the hypospray, that's like all you need to ensure that you can live forever Yeah. because you can have a deadly Klingon tea ceremony.
1: You mm-hmm. can, you can do anything. You can do anything with that, with those really? two. Really? Three things you need to survive every type of apocalypse that could ever happen. It's a tricorder, the infinite hypospray that always happens to have the right medicine, in it, regardless, and a phaser. And you could do anything. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say, and Wesley Crusher, because he's just
0: saving the day left. And it's like, he's the third <laughs> item you need. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Um, so Pulaski determines that Riker can come aboard the enterprise and she says that the microorganism isn't a bacteria or a virus, but it has elements of both. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, Ooh, I want to pick Sharice's brain because you are a virologist. You have a master's Mm -hmm. degree in virology. Um, Mm -hmm. and I thought, A, what's your input on this? And B people who maybe don't know a ton about biology or like bacteriology, might think a bacteria and a virus are like the same thing, but they're Mm -hmm. very, very, very different. They're completely Mm -hmm. different things. But Sharice, what's your input on this? What would you think if Pulaski was like, it's a virus, it's not a virus, it's not a bacteria, but it has elements of both. Like where, where does your brain go?
1: Yeah. My first thought was like, wait, what? And then I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I didn't think about is that if it was an alien organism, as you know, you're going to find a lot of alien organisms on all these different planets, it could be anything. It's just going to be something totally other, right? Why would it be anything we're familiar with? That's kind of the argument that I have Mm -hmm. when people are talking about aliens being on other, like aliens in our real world being on other planets. Yeah. My thought is like, well, if there was an alien, we're assuming it would look humanoid, but like with a really big head or something. But why would it look humanoid? It could be made out of dust. It could be inorganic in our estimation. Yes. I was, I think the same thing. It's like, it could be a
0: cloud of something. And it I think Star Trek actually, Star Trek actually does a great job at that. They have to give us humanoid aliens so that the crew has right. someone to interact with, but they right. have aliens come aboard that are fucking balls of light yep. in their natural state where it's like that, lightning.
1: Exactly. And exactly. And. Exactly right the the crystalline entity they they do like which makes sense like that logically makes sense that it's going to be something other so it wasn't until this scene where i thought gosh whenever they get infected it's always just like the flu it's just like the mm-hmm. Toulousean flu you yes. know it's just like so, but it's just like the re- it's just another virus which maybe doesn't make a whole lot of sense i don't know um so then i also thought yeah bacteria and viruses are completely different completely completely you can't treat them the same like nothing mm-hmm. and so i thought also Why would they even mention that it's a mixture between bacteria and virus? If we're talking about some fast acting microbe that will like kill you in a matter of hours, it should just be a virus because the only way that a bacteria could kill you that fast is if it creates some kind of toxin and the toxin gets through your entire bloodstream really fast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if you have a virus, well, the virus can do it all by itself. So I thought the mentioning of the bacteria was kind of superfluous. And then when they said that this microbe fuses to the nerves at a molecular level, I was like, what? (laughs) Like that's totally crazy. There are lots of, you know, parasites and viruses and stuff that do attack the nervous system, but for it to fuse with nerves at a molecular level, like fusing with the cells. And the other thing is when a virus infects a cell, it destroys the cell. Usually not always, but usually it destroys. That's what I was
0: thinking too. I was like, why would you fuse on a molecular level with the nerves that you are then destroying? Like you're just destroying those nerves. So it's like, you're basically like drinking the poison yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And usually that's what a virus does. It destroys the cell, but not always. Sometimes it just hijacks the machinery and keeps Mm -hmm. the cell alive forever so that it never dies. So there's lots of questions, lots of like juicy questions as a microbiologist thinking about this organism. Like, why would it do that? How would it do that? Where Mm -hmm. is it going? Why would it go to the brain? Just like so, so much, so many questions that i had um but i kind of liked it i kind of like this kind of it feels very sci-fi to say it's like part bacteria part virus yes. it fuses with nerve cells it's like mm, okay interesting yes somebody
0: definitely had some fun with like the gray's anatomy book and was like let's thumb through this and put together like a very cool microbe that's doing all these things and i'm talking about the gray's the actual like medical textbook, not the, not the show, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> all right. So it's spreading quickly and it will soon reach commander Riker's brain. So this actually, this part of the story totally makes sense. Geordi and data beamed down to the planet to find what infected Riker, because Pulaski was like, I actually need a sample of whatever this toxin is or this microbe or so to, I need to sort of learn more about it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and so they beam down and Geordi goes down with data. And I love that data's like, listen, Um, this probably isn't a good idea. I should go down by myself because we already can see that it can infect humans and he didn't really see it coming. So
1: you also may not see it coming. Well, and I love Jordy's response to that where he said, we don't know that this doesn't affect androids as well. You're the first android on the planet. So there's no guarantee that you're going to be any safer than I will. And I Mm -hmm. was like, that is a very fair point. Data thinks he's indestructible, but really he's not, he's a mystery. We don't know what affects him.
0: Yeah, that's a really good
1: point. That is true. So they do the little vine
0: trick. They find this vine with this really, really stupid looking barb on it that only has one.
1: (laughs) Or at least one right there. But once again, we see Jordy's superior visor at play, which I thought was super dope. He's looking at this tree vine and he, or this crazy like root thing. And he's just like, I see some thermal energy. Like I see heat coming out of a plant, which I'm like, what? And then data's like, oh, he's, he's got the tricorder there and data's not picking up anything. He's like, nope, just a tree. And like, yes, It's
0: it's a rhizome, which I thought was really interesting that they inserted that in there. A rhizome is essentially a branch that grows parallel into the ground and grows its own little roots. That is what grass is. So if you are in your yard and you find those like long root things of grass and you pull them and it pulls like half the yard up, you know, it's kind of like pulling an electrical like cord and it kind of goes zip along the ground. Those are Mm. rhizomes. Like it's rhizomes in structure, I guess. Um, But the other thing though, it makes sense to me that plants would have a thermal signature because it's a living thing. There are cells moving back and forth. It's everything is sort of a super highway, which would create some
1: it would create some friction it and it would create would some heat. heat. It would create heat. But the way that Jordy saw it was like, there's something else going on. Mm-hmm. So that made me picture the thermal signature of this plant was vastly different from all the other plants all around them. It wasn't just normal, like just like it wasn't normal, whatever color it would be orangey. I don't know. Yeah. Instead yeah. it was like bright red or something for him to yes. be like, wait a minute, there's something with this plant. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that is super neat. And then when Jordy went to touch it to be like, I have a theory that there's something going on with this. And how Data's just like, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. You probably shouldn't touch it. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm counting on you to like make sure I don't die. And then like instantaneously the vine tries to stab him in the neck. And (laughs) Data catches the vine. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that literally scared me. I jumped at that part of the episode. I did because I didn't know that was gonna happen. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And then he was like, oh, good catch. I was like, oh my gosh, if that would have like impaled you. That'd have been no fun at all. And how did Riker not see that? I mean, I guess it retracts really quickly or something, but I was like, how did Riker not see a giant thing sticking out of his leg? That, that is true. Number
0: one, you are right. We totally got to see Jordy's superior visor. We got to see Data's superior reflexes, which I was Mm -hmm. like, cool. Anytime they show Data being his best Data self, I'm always so in love with that. When he forces open doors and stuff that Mm -hmm. like nobody else, I love, I live for that kind of stuff. But They did say when he, when Riker was stabbed in the leg that he just felt numb. And I thought, oh, it's kind of like leeches or mosquitoes Mm. that inject you with a numbing agent first. So you cannot feel them sucking your blood, um, which is what makes them successful at what they do. So it's like this vine has numbed it.
1: But I think he said it felt numb when he got back to the bridge. I mean, to the sick bay. That's when he said my leg just went dead.
0: He said, he said it just he, on the planet. He said, it feels fine. Like, cause they were like, are you in any pain? He's like, no, it just feels kind of numb. And then when he got up to sick bay, he was like, my whole leg just went dead. Oh. I was like, mm, okay. One thing that I, I thought they tried to, I feel like the writers tried to make this a little interesting, but it didn't, the calculations in my mind didn't work out. They said, we're basically standing in like an animal graveyard. So it's like, okay, this plant feeds off of animals, which there are plants that feed off of animals, Mm -hmm. um, in the real world. But if you get stabbed, your first instinct is to like jump and run away. So if I were like an antelope, you get stung by something or stabbed by something and then you
1: jump and take off. Well, maybe, but notice that Riker literally just hung out. So, I mean, I guess it depends, right? Riker was like, because he got stabbed in the leg in his way to run away. So he wasn't running anywhere. He got stabbed and was like, ouch. And then went and sat down. So if that's what happens, if the animals get get stuck in their limbs, mm-hmm. then maybe they might stumble a little bit and then not be able to walk with their limbs. I guess and that's then, true. I guess pass out in the river and decompose in the river. And then that's how they get absorbed by the plant. Then the, yeah. The rhizomes absorb it. I think it's really like a long game on the plants part yeah. because they could easily <laughs> just climb out of the river and now <laughs> they would die somewhere else. Like <laughs> I think what I pictured is the
0: animals would kind of stumble around and go die like- You know, 200 feet away or something, right? (laughs) It's like you're not close to this plant, although it might be a network of them, like aspens are all clones of each other. That's a network. You know, I feel like you and that I would have been interesting, right? Yeah. We're sciencing this in like a much more interesting way <laughs> than, than
1: what it really was in the episode. We're, we're adding way more blocks than like, yeah, the writers no one actually cared about had. the virus or the plant at all in this episode, but those would have been fascinating to that like, that's so cool. Are you
0: kidding me? Yeah. I feel like we need to write a fight, a fanfic, a really hard science fanfic that actually makes this episode cool without all the stupid dream stuff. Anyway. So Pulaski's trying to figure out how to save Riker, and Riker is just being very like light and humorous, and he says mm-hmm. that facing death is the ultimate test of character. and I'm like, screw that, have my last <laughs> have my last like i'm thirty eight. Have my last thirty eight years speak towards my character, not the way I face death because I might be peeing myself and crying.
1: You know what I mean? like yeah, the last my body of work should be in my life, not just in my last like hour, <laughs> but whatever. That's fair. And I wouldn't be cracking jokes if I was in his position. So no, I do admire. He's trying to be like, Oh, ha ha ha. And everything's fine. And what's the point of being sad? That's nice. But if I just got stung by some crazy, you know, predatory vine and now my whole body is going numb, I'd be like, what's going on? What's going on? Pulaski work faster. Where's Wesley? (laughs) Somebody get Wesley in here on the double. Get Dr. Crusher. Yes. (laughs) I was thinking too. get her
0: back. So Riker's (laughs) flatlining and Pulaski's like, ooh, if we stimulate his neurons directly, it might keep the microbes at bay. How she came to that
1: conclusion? Mm. Here's what I think. Although I'm making this up on the spot right now. (laughs) Before she was saying that the virus, um, because now we're just going to call it a virus. No need to have bacteria in there. Um, But that the virus was like, was shutting off the neurons while it's doing its viral action. So then she's saying... Like, okay, if the virus is shutting down the neurons, but if then if we stimulate the neurons, the virus won't be able to shut them down. Like they won't be able to take over those oh, cells okay. if they're constantly active, like they did in the legs and up the spine and all this stuff. So they're like, they okay. Pop them on a Peloton then and be like, work your leg, work your leg muscles. Because they so that... didn't have Pelotons, even though it was the 24th century, they did not have Pelotons during the filming of this episode in 1989. So um, so she's like, okay, it's going it's spreading quickly all the way up his body. It's about to hit his brain. If we stimulate the nerves in his brain, they can't take over and therefore shut down the
0: Mm -hmm. nerves in his
1: brain. So let's just stimulate the bejesus out of them Mm -hmm. and hope that we find a cure while we're doing that. So that's what she starts doing. So they stick these cool brain needles in, which I think that little device looks super cool. That terrifying. So it looked so cool. So cool. They
0: did such a beautiful job creating this device that we never see again, unfortunately. And I thought as those needles were going into his brain, all I kept thinking about is the like nostalgic trick that we all did with mechanical pencils in like second grade to look
1: like we were injecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you hold down the plunger and you I know exactly what your you're arm. talking about because <laughs> one of my students did that last year and had to call home and be like, you got to come get this kid. Um, <laughs> That's a, that's a story oh for my, another day. That
0: was, see, that is something like we all did in like third grade, fourth grade, when mechanical pencils were all the rage and new. I never did that. Are you
1: <laughs> I was like, oh no, my God. I never even used mechanical pencils. Yeah. You
0: just, it looks like you're injecting yourself, but you just hold on the plunger and the, and the graphite stick goes up into the pencil. But I thought of that suddenly when I was watching this episode yesterday, <laughs> I was back in third grade going, oh yeah, I know that trick. <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> But as, as Riker is having these dreams and like, he's
1: kind of jerking around and like twitching. I was like, don't move. Don't move. There's fucking needles right? in your you don't skull. Want the brain needles to go in the wrong spot. Jeez. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why didn't they stabilize his neck? I mean, they, I I know he was paralyzed down or something. He's somehow paralyzed, but also able to jerk and move around. What is going on? You know, the the viruses are activating. Like
0: Maurice Hurley was like, this is your problem. Not my, not my job, (laughs) not my prob. Okay. Like I'm out. I've been out. I've been Clocked out for a while. So we have this clip show. And so they're stimulating his neurons directly. And then I just wrote cue the clip show. We see the Ferengi. We see his first meeting with Data. He's learning with Guinan. Then he starts having these really like erotic dreams and thinking about Minuet and the Edo, which I was like, mm. God damn damn it. The the back.
1: That's exactly Not- what I thought. <laughs> then we get angel one, we get up the long ladder.
0: Yes. When Odell is asking him to wash her feet again. It's like, didn't mm-hmm. we just go over this? You guys a couple weeks ago. No, and do we ever
1: want to go over? Any we of don't this need it. Not we really. don't need to. And so then Pulaski's like, okay. Like she notices that whatever he's dreaming about has some effect on the virus. And when he goes to all these like sex dreams, the virus starts to grow like crazy. And she's like, uh oh, you know, whatever hormones are being released. And Troy is there to interpret what he's feeling in his unconscious state because because of her beta Z like abilities. Yeah. So she's She's our narrator. Yeah. He's feeling very erotic right now. It's like, oh gosh, now the viruses are growing more. So we need to like reverse that. Maybe give him negative thoughts. Now here's my question. How, how are you stimulating the brain to produce happy or sad or sexy or like what? Pulaski no amount of staring
0: into those eyepieces that were just clearly like orange light is going to be able to control how you stimulate the different endorphins like his so the the basic like breakdown of this was his dreams were releasing like his happy dreams were releasing happy endorphins which the virus was responding to so they they were like okay let's have him have Unhappy dreams to stimulate like stress response, like a cortisol response. Right, and right. that might inhibit the growth of this virus. Again, how exactly do you control what kind of dream somebody's having? I would love to know because Me I too. suffer from nightmares all the time and it's Me horrible. Too.
1: Although I don't want the brain needles. So. Let's put that in a hypo spray. Yes, I was just. And I that, will totally buy that. Can
0: you just hypo spray me and I'll have like happy dreams instead of horrible traumatic nightmares all the time? That would be great. That would be great. Anyway, so they, you know, they decide to make Riker experience traumatic memories because it wouldn't be a clip show without the traumatic shit as well. And so we revisit Yar's death a bunch of times. We revisit
1: the death of Troy's baby that we all forgot she had. Right, and I was like, why would Rock? Why would Riker even care about this baby? Like. I don't remember him caring that much during the episode. Yeah. And then we've got the Klingon exchange program where he's like fighting with the Klingon Lieutenant. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I like, but... enjoyed that. Like that was, he signed up for that. Yeah. And then we have, then we have conspiracy, which actually was legit scary. Yes. But the scene the bulging we have throat. Yeah. The bulging throat, which was creepy. But then later on the, the scene we have is him just like shooting Rimmick in the head, which it was like, yay. Another time to shoot Rimmick in the head. Um, but like that's more like a a time of victory, right? It's not like a time of total trauma in my mind. But then we get all these survival scenes because they want Riker to survive. So then we go through all the times when Riker almost died, which I felt like again, if you don't want him to die, maybe maybe don't stimulate memories of him almost dying when he's yes. literally almost dying right now. I don't know. But so then it was we get it like- was like
0: dying Inception. It was he was lying on the table. Yes. Like- Near death and dreaming of all the times he was near death. It's like, all right, all right, you yep. guys, you're a little mm-hmm. on the nose here. It totally here. was.
1: It totally so, was.
0: I mean, really, it starts working. What what Pulaski's doing with that a magical machine is is working, and the microbes are responding negatively to the traumatic memories, and and they keep up the negative memories for far far too long. I mean, I just started hitting like the 10-second fast forward. I was like, seconds ten second, 10 seconds. Like, I get it. Okay. It's just like negative memory, survival memory, survival memory. So I just buffered my way through all the memories because I'm like, got it. Yeah. We've seen all of this before. And in the end,
1: they're like, oh, yay. Riker's all better. We, we eradicated the entire infection. Yeah, they basically the just filled him up, I guess, with those, you know, with the cortisol or who knows what, which again, could have been a spray. Like you could have just been like, oh, this is the endorphin. This is the hormone that is being released. Yeah, that destroys all the viruses. Let's just pump them full of this hormone and uh, pull out these needles and call it. A this day. is
0: why this is why we need to do a fanfic rewrite of this garbage, because you cannot control what type of dream someone's having. But you can control what hormones are in the body with a fucking hypospray, just hypospraying with cortisol. Come on, you guys like this was it's like it's like you you're running from the killer and there's a nice clear exit. That's well lit. And mm-hmm. there's police there to help you on the other side. And you're like, let me run into the
1: basement real quick. It's like, it was yeah. right there, you guys. And here's the other thing that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Although I know they they were doing their best with whatever, whatever, whatever money <laughs> the they, had, they, I think, they had. <laughs> yeah. I feel like everyone on set was just, emptying their pockets, being like, I have three more dollars that we can maybe put into this episode because like they managed to get almost every cast member in this episode yes. minus Worf and Wes. Yes. It, even even though it was just literally them walking into the transporter or just walking into the sick yes. and walking out, but they managed they to still, get everybody but in they there. Still managed to get O'Brien in there. Like Colm Meany was like my
0: contract said I had to be in 21 episodes. So I am going to be he they oh, he, they literally had him guest star which his name is spelled C O L M Meeny. And I was like Colm? And then I looked it up. It's an Irish name and it's pronounced Colum. But it's oh. not an Irish take on call in. I was like, "Oh, okay, that's interesting. And I really apologize, Colm Meany. I've been calling you
1: Colm <laughs> this whole time." <laughs> Yes. You and everyone else who knows his real name, probably. Yes. <laughs> so here's the part that doesn't make a lot of sense to me is, um, the fact that this tree would inject this microbe into its prey and that the way for the, the prey to defeat it would to be to have negative thoughts. Cause if you inject an animal, the animal's going to start having negative thoughts, panic thoughts, survival thoughts. Yes. Yeah thoughts where they're afraid of dying as their whole body starts to go numb and they pass out in the river or whatever. But then those same thoughts of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. is exactly what kills the microbe. And then you could just walk away scot-free. So I was like, uh, that doesn't make a whole lot of
0: sense. This is a snake eating its own tail. That's what that is. It would make more
1: sense if the happy thoughts killed the virus, because then you'd be like, oh, there's no way an animal in this condition that's about to die would even think of having happy thoughts. You're right. That would make more sense. But They needed a clip show. They got a clip show. There are so
0: many moments in this show that would have made so much more sense. So much more sense. However, yes, the reason we had a clip show at all is because TNG overspent on elementary deer data, which is the Sherlock Holmes Moriarty episode and Q who, which is the Borg introduction episode. And so Paramount Pictures was holding the series to this like season budget that they had budgeted before they started shooting Um, So they were like, we, you got to give us something. We ordered 22 episodes and you need to produce 22 episodes. I will say, considering the restrictions that they were working with, they didn't do a bad job. I mean, they were basically working on like this entire show with like McDonald's money. Like they had enough money to buy Mm -hmm. like a six piece chicken nuggets and they made a whole show out of it. Um, they did shoot it in three days, which is completely unheard wow. of. So a normal episode takes, you know, a, a fast shoot is like seven days to shoot a, a weekly episode. Um, so they were, Paramount was like, can you trim it down to five days again? Because, you know, you have to pay all the casting yeah. to be there. Blah, yeah, that blah, blah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Rob Bowman was like, I'm going to try to do it in three days. But the way that he was able to do that was, he's like, I have to just shoot in sick bay." almost exclusively can't be mm-hmm. moving me on the bridge you can like you don't see the bridge at all in this episode mm-hmm. you see the transporter room sickbay and the planet and yep. that's it and mm-hmm. so he tried to do all these different angles in sickbay to try to make it interesting but he he wrote you know after the, in the book that i is like my trek voyages bible is he basically just said like i have to be in like he just shot all of sickbay in 2 days time um and then the planet took like, a, you know, the last day was like the planet and the transporter room. But I mean, considering that, you know, they didn't do a bad job. And he himself said, like, I shot this. I shot the framework. I shot all the sick bay scenes and the transporter room and the planet. And then they just said, great, we'll just insert the clips in editing. And so he never even saw like a complete final version <laughs> before it like dropped on, you know, on an hour world, but
1: yeah. Yeah. So I will give that to them as well. Like working on the budget that they had, I think this is a complete episode, um, which is pretty impressive. And it's impressive that they did it in three days. So it's not my favorite episode, but at least it doesn't suck because like the storyline is just so painful. I mean, it's just, if you liked any of the first two, any of these episodes in the first two seasons, you would like this part. It's just most of these episodes. I didn't like so I was like, oh, yeah. not the Edo, uh, not skin of evil. Uh not, yes." You know, but like if I had like those episodes, I'd be like, oh my gosh, oh, it's that one. Oh, it's that one, you know? So considering their restraints, I'll say, okay. I will say,
0: like you, it's not my favorite episode, but it is my least favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> I really no, actually, I would uh the royale uh and justice, I would say are like just I would rewatch this a bunch of times instead of having to fucking watch the Royale. And yeah, one more time in my life. Yeah, I, just, I never,
1: I never <laughs> want it to exist ever.
0: Anyway, so this is where the episode wraps. This is where season two wraps. So you're right. Mm-hmm. They are keeping up with the really garbage <laughs> season finales, but that's about to change because season three finale, not to spoil it too much, but is a big Borg episode is... and it's a cliffhanger and it's, yeah. oh my God, it is one of the best episodes of TNG hands down. So the trend of crappy, season finales ends here. Um, And then season three, we get so much good stuff to look forward to. So I'm really, really excited to dive into that. So next week, Charisse, we are talking season three, episode one, Evolution. I can't believe when we started this podcast that now it's like, now we're through, we've basically run through the like, the part of the obstacle course that's like barbed wire and like Mm -hmm. poisonous animals
1: and all that. Mm -hmm. And now we're
0: coasting into season three
1: and it just keeps getting better and better and better. Yeah. Now we're running downhill on the beautiful trail by the lake. <laughs> yes, <laughs> This is a part yeah. of the Spartan race that I actually like. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Not so much the crawling through mud with the electrical wires hanging down above you. Okay. That's what season one. And two I actually,
1: I actually did like going under the barbed wire. That was actually pretty fun. I didn't like carrying heavy things. So this is more like carrying a giant freaking stone. Why are we doing this? That's that's what this is. But now we've dropped the stone and we're just cruising downhill. So it's beautiful. I'm so excited about season three.
0: Yes, there are people down by the lake to offer refreshments and sandwiches too. It just it's just <laughs> beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes. Season one, I would say,
1: you know, pretty awful. Season two, much better. Meh. I would say it was very meh. That's my overall It was, overall for it was two. much
0: better. It was much better, but also eating, you know. Raw cabbage is better than eating garbage, you know what I mean? So it's like still not great, but it's much better. It was a big improvement. I'd say it was very spotty. There were some really great episodes, and then there were some like really, really bad episodes. So it's it was very uneven, but then season three is just like you know, the gates have opened and the angels are singing. So we have we have so much good stuff to get into. And I'm so happy we've been on this journey, sure. You and I it's been so much fun. I like I can't even tell you, and listeners we've gotten emails from you guys saying that you love listening to us. And I think that it's, it still blows my mind that anybody wants to hear me talk about anything. So (laughs) I'm just so tickled. And thank you so much for, for all the love we get from you guys. It's just, it's truly so mind blowing and so appreciated.
1: Really? 100%. That's one of our favorite things is getting notes and messages and DMS and texts about our show and how people like our show or disagree with what we've said on our show. Mm-hmm. We love all of it. It always just is such a highlight. So yes, I agree. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see you all in season three. Bye everybody. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at the TNGpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.